Daddy? Papa? Father? This is the season finale of the Punk Theology Podcast, Season 1, Episode 52. Yes. For about nine weeks, we're gonna we're gonna miss him. Yeah, he's getting Ramsey. So <laughs> he's getting <laughs> Ramsey. Derek, this is true. Tell us why you want to talk about parenting, parenting, parenting. fatherhood. fatherhood. Uh, and Steve is if the oldest. He's our elder, and he's not yeah. Here. I think so the, I think the, the kids are doing. I was didn't want well, Steve's perspective on some stuff because I know he brings up his kids quite a bit. And but part of it is just me working through some of my shit lately. Uh, thinking about my son, thinking about my relationship with my dad, um, learning to be nicer to my son, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, him and I have had, a, I wouldn't say rocky relationship, uh, but just, I didn't connect with him nearly as well as I did my daughter mm-hmm. at first. Like, it just wasn't, like, it was so easy with my daughter. Because right. I think we have a lot, me and my daughter have a lot in common. Uh, and, and my son and I, I think we do have a lot of, me and my son have a lot in common, uh, but it's like the things we have in common are the things that I never really liked about myself. Mm. Uh, just kind of, you know, my son wears his heart in his sleeve and, and it's just kind of vulnerable and soft and poking tender spots for you. Right. Yeah. And the, and and also, what makes it kind of makes it worse is that he's very much like my younger brother, who I spent eight or nine years beating that softness out of. Mm. So there's definitely like so there's like this whole guilt thing from my younger brother, and then uh, how did then your brother like, turn out from your your wonderful influence as beating the softness out of it? Pretty good, honestly. Oh, like, he's a good but, but you're deciding to abort that. One, <laughs> yes, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Like I, I think he would tell you, despite. In spite of? In spite of my, uh, yeah. And he's still got, I don't know. He's got some some edges to him. Uh, don't we all? But, yeah, he managed to make it work pretty well. He's actually a pretty nice person. But, you know, like, just because I fucking locked out doesn't mean... Right. <laughs> doesn't mean it's a good policy moving forward. Um so you managed not to inflict critical wounds. Right, mm. yeah. Like, yeah, he's really good at just shoving those down. and yeah. He um, only needs two years of therapy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also fortunate that it came from a brother and not from a dad, too, right? I think there's a big difference there. Um, I mean, it's, I'm sure it was still painful, but having it come from your dad's different than having it come from a brother or sibling, I feel like. Siblings are kind of there to throw some shit your way. Sure. Just a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, and there's not that... Full idealization at young ages with siblings. There is right. with parents. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And I was an only child, and it's scientifically proven that only children are more fucked up. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> most people. <laughs> Somebody do that. Uh, well, since their entire life has been about nothing but them, they like to think that. It's yeah. true. <laughs> well, I had stepbrothers and stepsisters, too, which made it even more complicated. Your step over you? No. It's a pawn. Uh, uh, Either way, yeah. it went both ways. Wow. He didn't do it. Uh, it jokes, Derek. I love explaining jokes. It's the best. I love explaining a joke until like someone clearly understood it right from the beginning, but you just keep on going, and then they think like you're done, and then you pause for a second, and then you start jump back into the. Explanation. Well, we covered fatherhood. Yeah. Boom. Let's <laughs> move on to the next topic. Yeah, that's what my children have to look forward to. <laughs> this is an uncomfortable topic for a lot of yeah. dudes. Uh, and it also came up because, well, coincidentally today, my dad gave me a call and told me that uh, he's engaged, newly engaged. Uh, so, yeah, four months I'll have a stepmother, which is wow. kind of... How long ago did your parents get divorced? For perspective. I think they started being... They were separated eight years ago and then officially divorced like six years ago, something okay. like that. So it's been a while. Wow. Yeah, and this is <clears throat> like the first woman my dad's really seriously dated. Um, and I'm not really surprised. I mean, my dad, relatively speaking, is would be considered a catch. Like, he's a dentist, he's wealthy, he's charismatic, he's interesting. Is he on Tinder? He is a major Luddite, so I do not think... <laughs> You don't think he swiped right? No. <laughs> he wanted to. He, yeah. If he did, it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what do you? What would you say is critical to you in what it means to be a father? And how did you come to that? Is it because you wanted to do things that your parents, that your dad did, that he didn't do? I don't work. even know. Like, I honestly feel like I've I've gone places and then come full circle on some things. Like, yeah, if you ask me for, like, a clear plan on how I'm going to do this, like, I don't know that I have, like... like well, I think it's going to depend on the kid, but in terms of, like... Would you hold back if well, you thought you your dad might listen to this? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, what kind of relationship skills do you think you might have learned from your dad or not learned? Because uh, the scary part is usually learn yeah, relationship I, I, skills. I, like fuck. I went the opposite direction of him because he was so charismatic and outgoing, mm. and and it was always kind of a little bit forced. Actually, he's actually more of an introvert, um, but he, I think, he figured out a long time ago that. That he's good at the extra, like at least looking like an extrovert, right? Um, and and he's and it works for him. Uh, and he kind of has his business. Too. Yes, and it's really good for his business. He's got a really good. He's a dentist, and he's got a really good reputation, basically, in the whole city. Like, right. like he just has so many patients, and everybody I meet, uh, you know, he's he has he has he stopped taking patients, you know, decade plus ago, because he's as full as he can get, and everybody right. just stays with him because he's really good at it. And he's, you know, happy and friendly. And, um, I mean, he's definitely got a dark side that I got to see a lot of as a kid. Um, we all don't we all. Yeah, but, um, and so, and then, so I tend to be a lot more reserved, I think, uh, as a reaction to him. 
It's cool that when you brought up your dad's dark side, your neighbor decided to park his monster truck. Mm-hmm. So, so besides, um, you know, the prerequisite of, of procreating, yeah. what 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 do you think makes fatherhood to you? What 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 does being a father mean to you? Uh, for a while I had bought that, well I wouldn't say bullshit, but it's at least to the extent that it was of legacy from mm-hmm. Driscoll. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's that anymore. Um, kids are really fun. Like, mm. Yeah. Like, and you know, there's lots of kind of ugly reasons for it, some selfish reasons, like it's fun to clone yourself. Just seeing the results too, it's like, oh wow. Like, uh, yeah, my kids are a lot of fun, especially now as they're getting older. They're, uh, uh, yeah, they're just cool people. So, be, so fatherhood is being entertained by your project? <laughs> sure, part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, who needs TV when you have children? <laughs> it's a really, you know, it's it's a it's a long term investment, like yeah. to strip it down into ugly terms. Boy, here like, you want to be taken care of in your old age by your children, like well, that no, kind of just like, like it's fun to nurture something, and not just maybe not fun, but like it's really life giving. I feel like to nurture something. What I hear you saying is enjoy your kids. Right. It doesn't have to be so heavy handed. Like I got it all figured out. You you got the spreadsheet. And you guys have to follow the you know everything and. Just enjoy your kids. Right. Like, they're real yeah. people. They're yeah. real relationships. Enjoy them. Yeah, and just kind of take it as it comes yeah. a little bit. I mean, I, you know, my wife and I definitely have conversations at night. You know, what are we going to do about this and that and that type of thing. But, you know, it's not something I spend a whole lot of time really obsessing mm-hmm. over. And mostly it's just a time thing. Mm-hmm. Like, am I making enough time hanging out with my kids? Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what we're doing. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm not planning out their day and, you know, or their future, like, they're going to do this and that. Like, I definitely have my eye on things of, like, you know, boy, you know, my daughter's really good at this and my son's really good at this. I'm, you know, if they decide to go this direction, I think I could encourage them that way, that type of thing. But in terms of, like, yeah, trying to plan stuff out or, uh, yeah, we're not a sports family. Uh, we'll see if we're, I don't know, it'll be interesting, again, as my kids get older and see what they get interested in what we end up getting invested in if we get invested in anything or if they'll just kind of float around a little bit and do for the listeners how old are your children oh my kids are seven and four so my son's about to enter kindergarten my wife's gonna go back to work which would be nice because we'll have money again (laughs) 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 replaced his roof recently yes it'll also suck because because I won't have someone doing all the things that currently get done at home but uh but yeah it'll be really nice to have money again <laughs> um so yeah uh yeah I don't, I don't know i enjoy being a father most of the time i feel like i'm pretty good at being honest about how much fatherhood can suck i don't know but i don't think fatherhood i parenting in general i think about how much parenting in general can suck. I talk to a lot of people that don't have kids and I tend to be pretty forthcoming and they're always a little bit shocked at like, you know, because culturally we like to give everybody this nice rosy picture yeah, of yeah. what parenting is like and I'm now, 
like I'd say forty percent of the time, like actively miserable. There's a, there's a lot of <laughs> you so get to I, eat I in grace for the rest of your life. I went to a dinner party last night, and one of the families show up, and their six year old son runs through the house, doesn't make it to the bathroom, literally in the first four seconds he's in the house, and pukes all over the floor. Yep. So their entire entrance is: my son comes in, he pukes, we clean it up, he leaves. And the best part was he puked on my shoes that I'd taken off. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Inside the shoes? or No, it just kind of splashed just, all oh, over the yeah, outside. Yeah. Did it, you guys like, it went on the floor and went underneath. Yeah. And did you stay at the party? I mean, I did. I mean, I left my shoes. I, the, somebody put them outside, and I brought them home in a plastic bag and went home yeah. barefoot. But I stayed at the party. The they left. They, they, they came. The they thing that nobody left. tells you, though, is that's not the worst part. It's like the crisis moments are not the worst part. The worst part is like the grind of like, oh, like okay, I'm home. My wife's shot. She's done. My son's in a shit mood. Like just, yeah. And, and my daughter's got a little bit of lip. And I'm not in the mood for this. And I just have to do it right now. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm just yeah, going to fucking get through this shit. Yeah. Uh, cause, and right now it, it blows. It's just terrible. And, uh, and yeah, I'd say... You know, on a bad week, it's twice a week, yeah. and sometimes it's once every two weeks or so. But yeah, some sometimes it's like fuck, like I want to do this. Yeah, this is really terrible. I, this is yeah, yeah, really not fun right now. And uh, and it was really hard when the kids were little. Honestly, I just didn't like. I enjoyed the baby phase, kind of. Um, didn't like how much, you know, how much of my wife they took. Right, um, that was hard for me, but I like the baby phase. But then, honestly, like from one to four, not that fun, not mm. great. Yeah, uh, like it was tough. Age are cute. Uh, my daughter, yeah, I love them at eighteen months. Yeah, my, like I could take it or leave it. Before. My daughter is wicked smart, and we were a little bit worried she's a sociopath because <laughs> <laughs> she just like just no regrets and very way too clever for her own good. And she was just a ton of work. Um, yeah, like, like could not be out of sight for five minutes. We caught her un- uh, under my mom's bed once with my mom's pillbox, shoving pills into her mouth. Oh man, that's like scary. and like she had. I hadn't seen her in like three minutes, like three minutes, and I freaked out when looking for her. And sure enough, like like wow. she was the type where she, you'd walk into a room and you would watch her take an inventory of everything she wasn't supposed to do with her own. Nice. Like, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. Now I'm going to watch Dad and wait for the moment where his attention lapses and I'm going straight for the thing that I'm not supposed to be doing. That is so punk rock. (laughs) (laughs) Scary as a dad. Yeah, yeah. So what happened with the pills thing? Like, did she Uh, she swallow them? She mostly just got through vitamins. So she was okay. okay. But yeah, there was like heart... Medication and all kinds of shit. So oh, yeah. I think it's fuck you up too when you take too many. Yes, but yeah. like but really, really bad actually. She seemed okay, <laughs> and she yeah. But I mean, I knew a guy I, who like OD'd on vitamins, and he spent like a month in the hospital because he couldn't touch anything. Like his nerves, nerves were hyper sensitive. <laughs> wow. Like he had to wear gloves when he was. Was it vitamin hospital. E or? I don't do you know, know what it was. was. 
No. OD on e, you can OD on yeah, vitamins. Yeah, like, they're not good for you. No, not that There's bad. all kinds of studies the that way your body like, filters you pound vitamins when you have cancer and, like, you feed it and it grows faster. Yeah. Like, there's good. a bunch of vitamins that, like, their death rates are higher. Like, right. people just think they're just good for you, no. like, across the board. There's also the difference between fat soluble and water soluble. And water soluble vitamins just mean you're making your kidney work really, really, really hard. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Great. And fat soluble means making your liver work right. really, really hard. <laughs> Gallbladder. One is the other. Uh, How about you, Chuck? How about me with what? Fatherhood. Father, the topic of the day is fatherhood. Oh, sorry, I just walked in. <laughs> what does it mean to you? What does it mean to, to me? To be a father. What are you trying to accomplish? <laughs> Not break my kid. No, it's... Yeah. I've, Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're going to be in therapy just like me, just for something different, right? Um, it's the American no. way. <laughs> Cheers. I don't I struggle with it because it's... The more I... Yeah, so the more I quit trying to live up to this idealistic fatherhood figure that I've been taught, the more enjoyment I get out of having my, with my kids. Um, you were given a template, you feel like, or some kind of ideological thing? Yeah. Is that from I mean, your church? From the church, out? yeah. This is what a dad is, these are the things you got, the marks to hit? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus was the perfect father figure for us. And Except he wasn't God a is... He <laughs> <laughs> didn't even get married. No. No. His, his bride is the church, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he hasn't married yet. Or he's already married. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I know, I got the same thought I think you had. That's okay. It's okay, it's okay. Keep going, Chuck. Keep going. Oh, I was curious. Where are you going? <laughs> Don't ask. Come on, Come on, and he's Come on, fucking around with six. That's exactly what I have. Oh, shit. I'm glad that Arthur and I have the same brain. Please. Please. This oh. is bad. Jesus. I was tracking with you. Bad. I was tracking with you. Surely got also, the irony in what I, you know, I I've also noticed too that I I'm I having more fun with it as, so it's not as fun. Um, <laughs> like I treat my kids like humans, not or you know, adults more or less. You know, talk to them not as little toddlers. I'm like Derek, although I didn't like the baby face either. Um, pretty much until you can five years old. It's boring. Babies are awesome when they're other people's babies. Yeah. You hand them back. Yeah. Two, three minutes, and mm-hmm. then here you go. I mean, hell, I'm good for half an hour. I like babies. But, yeah, like, I want to be able to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I slept pretty and well. Not smell like puke. My, my ex-wife didn't. Yeah. A baby formula is usually baby puke. It's more like a baby formula. But, so whatever so, my wife ate, digested. As <laughs> double digest, double digest. As you kind of come away from the ideal, you're able to enjoy your kids as people, as who they are uniquely. That's okay. That's that's good. Yeah. On the speaking to them as adult thing, for me, that what I found really quickly was the more you expect out of your kids, the more you get. Yeah. Like they were way more capable than I assumed they were at a much younger age than I would have guessed. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just struggle with their kids because they just don't help them grow up. Yeah. Yeah. I find it interesting, too, because there's... So my children live in two separate households, right? So, like, they live with Max's wife, and then they live with me every other week. Um, 
And there'll be times where their mom and I get together and we're talking about whatever bullshit it is. And the oldest will come over and it's like, hey, can you help me tie my shoes? It's like, really? Like, your younger brother doesn't even ask me for help to tie his shoes. Like, you both know how to tie your shoes. Like, stop enabling these children. You know, it's like, he does this, 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 all on his own. They wash the dishes. They put shit away. They do their own laundry. My daughter informed me the other day that she's going to wear Velcro shoes for us to ride. <laughs> nice. Wow, she is yeah. an engineer's yes. daughter. Uh-huh. I offered to help learn, teach her how to tie her shoes. Yeah. She didn't know. Like, I'm just going to wear Velcro. Velcro. Okay. Failure to launch is in your future. Oh, <laughs> oh, she'll be launched. She'll be way launched out there, but she'll be in Velcro shoes. <laughs> Hey, pretty soon uh, they have a robot to get tie them for you. That's so, true. There you go. Now need to learn. She'll get a fashion sense, get some nice slip-ons at some point or something. Yeah. You still have to tie them. Probably in her 40. <laughs> so, John, is there is there, is there a piece of advice that you wish somebody would have told you about fatherhood before you went ahead and did it? Me? Yeah. <laughs> some advice? You know, somebody, like, is there is there advice that you would have, like, really appreciated... Don't Before do your kids were well, you clearly have more like experience than all of us because yeah. you have that. He's got small like twenty six. John has like yeah. twenty six children. I have four kids. <laughs> they range from age thirteen. I'm exaggerating to ten. Yeah. Well, th- 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 there's that. Like, like Derek talks about the the enjoying time and the quality one on one time. My time is, you know, it's. It, it, it gets thinner with four kids. Spending time yeah. equally with four kids is a challenge. So we do a lot of fun family things. A lot of what these two guys have said resonate with me. Just enjoy them for who they are. Um, I, too, Chuck, had some, I, I think, idealism taught to me about what a father is, you know, provider, protector, priest, you know, in terms of like a spiritual head of your household and all this stuff. And that was actually something I worked on a bit in therapy, kind of as I was and still am in some ways, like figuring out, okay, how do I raise my kids in a with an open-handed, very open-handed yeah. faith sort of construct, because I think that's better than the, the nothing. At least I personally value it. My wife values it. But, it, you know, some of the conversations we have, at least I've been having with my 13-year-old daughter, is sometimes it's like, um, uh, you'll go to church or, or you'll go to, like, your youth group, and this is, like, the ideal and me and your mother are supposed to sort of teach you the reality. And those are two different things, <laughs> right. and which is very different like than what I grew up with. It was always the ideal, and you reach for the ideal and shoot for the ideal. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, sometimes those... And those if you are, can't make the ideal, you're a fuck-up. Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> of fatherhoods, have you heard the story of the father that teach his son about the ideal versus reality? No, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting story. The kid comes home from school. You know, I have to write this paper about... Um, ideal versus reality, you know, can you help me? He goes, mm, no. <laughs> and, you know, after some persistence, he says, like, okay, go into the kitchen and ask your mom if she'd fuck the mailman for a million dollars. And he kind of looks at his dad, you know, like, this is, this isn't a good, this isn't a good thing. He's like, go. He goes in, mom, would you fuck the mailman for a million dollars? She slaps him and says, yeah. Comes out, <laughs> his face is all red, you know, and he goes like, oh, you, you still <laughs> it's too close to your mother kind of thing, you know. What'd she say? Yes. Okay. Now go upstairs and ask your sister the same question. He's like, oh, I just got hit once. Like, this is not real good. 
So he goes upstairs. Hey, sister, would you fuck the mailman for a million dollars? She slaps the other side of his face. Yeah, I would. Comes downstairs, tells his dad. Dad says, all right, go write your paper. He's like, still haven't learned anything from dad, you know? He's like, well, ideally, we got $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> Reality is your mom and sister are whores. <laughs> There you go. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. (laughs) A little comedy. There's something to that, I guess. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, so these ideas, I think, get elevated, and and the reality is different. And I also, raising my kids, at least something that's been important to my, my own outlook on life or philosophy on life is just this idea of things being on a spectrum or or gradations. It's, you know, like... There can there can be an ideal, but understand that it's not a black and white ideal. It, it's always yeah. you're going to see yourself on a spectrum, and um, I think one of the challenges I I feel like I might have, and well, yeah, I do have, is trying to raise my kids with. Um, I, I think impulse control is important just to be a functioning human. How do you do that without guilt? You know, we talked about that yeah. some before. It, that, that comes into fatherhood. Um, a couple things, let's see, surprise. So I have two boys and two girls, and I think I always romanticize that idea about, like, the daddy's little girl thing or whatever. And um, to my su- surprise, like, my two sons are so much, like, sweeter. They're, they're just, like, really sweet. My girls are, are lovely, but they're I wouldn't know if I would call them like sweet in that kind of father daughter sort of way. I kind of really have that with my two sons mm. and I had always kind of longed for that to have that with like my daughters, but it's not that I don't love my daughters. We wouldn't have a good relationship, but that kind of like doting father thing isn't as much of an element mm. because my daughter's a young woman and my other daughter's a spitfire. You know, she's, she's a riot. She's a lot of fun. Anyone who knows her just laughs. I mean, she's hilarious, but, but that whole like romantic father, father-daughter thing isn't what I had envisioned it or romanticized about it to be. And at the time, I tell, I might have told you I don't have some romantic ideal about it, but I think I really did. Right. And, and that's not as much there. But then I'm enjoying my sons more than I thought I would. Um, so it's always interesting how things shake out. Um, you know, there's, there's, I think, a thing in, in certain circles of... of evangelical Christianity or certain areas of Christianity where like father, daughter, daddy dates or whatever you want to call them. It's like, I kind of have like a, like a, I I don't know. That doesn't sit well with me. I think I used to maybe try to do things like that and enjoyed it at the time. But where I sit now, there's something kind of actually awful and repugnant about it to me. Like, you know, some girl getting all dressed up and going out to a dance with her dad. It's it's like, it just kind of seems revolting to me. Well, you're creating that ideal husband for Yeah, but it's pretty sexualized. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. I it think. doesn't bother me at all. Could just Actually, be me. Could just yeah. be... Like, I... Like... And I don't... It's one of those things that... I guess it... It's only sexual if you make it sexual. Type of thing. But, if, you know... If you got Calling it thing, a date? Like... Yeah. And a I, dance? Again, like... Like, I don't... That word so... Like, my wife and I go on dates. Right. Because she's your wife. Like, yeah, but, like... Like... John and I had coffee what, last Friday. That was, a date. was that a date? Yeah. It was a man date. Sure. Yeah, it was. <laughs> sure. I don't look at it as being sexual. I look at it as just 
you're again creating this maybe in the evangelical Christian environment, you're creating a bad ideal for your daughter. Yeah, an ideal. That's not- I. I guess maybe I misspoke. Just like spending time, are you yeah. creating a bad ideal? Just spending time. I, I think no, there's no. a whole lot of bullshit behind like the whole purity movement. Well, right? that's, 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 that's the stuff that gets me. That's the stuff that triggers me. That's what I'm reacting to. My daughter's out. I'm not part of that thing. But I like spend time just to get one on one time. Like, yeah, we go out to dinner. Right. Do they get all dressed up? No. Yeah, I mean, spend time together. If I did, like, we just getting dressed up is fun. Yeah. Right. Like, sure. Yeah. I mean, if we were going to somewhere nice, then we would. But most of the time, we're. Right. Not where it's just mainly just to get time. have one on one time yeah. because my daughters are such good friends that they spend all their time together, all the family time with them together, and they're different and they open up more. Yeah, when they're removed from their sibling, and so I find ways to do something one on one with them occasionally, and it's great. But I'm not like indoctrinating them the like whole you know courtship. Purity movement of the '90s bullshit. Yeah, I think I'm reacting but to like, some of that on like, a subconscious level. Like I'm reacting yeah. to some Fuck of that. People over. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have girls. So. <laughs> just enjoy them as people. You know, just enjoy your kids as people. It's the bottom line. Go on dates with your sons. Nope. Nope. Like, no hunting dates. They love hunting, and they're fucking horrendous to take. Loud. They don't <laughs> sit yeah. still. It's like, guys, shut the fuck up. Yeah. That was the perspective I got. Now that my sons old enough to want to do stuff with me like I really appreciate my dad letting me do projects with him because it's the fucking worst it is it's so bad like I could do this in 10 minutes and if you're helping it's going to take at least a half an hour like easily like this is so much slower Um, with you here do you guys okay so maybe this is just like like my like like my um Let's go like shit. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm hypersensitive, but your mom's gonna say it's awesome. I, I feel like I have one kid that no, like legitimately likes spending yeah. time with me, <laughs> and the others like I, I think they love me or whatever. But it's kind of like, you know, oh yeah, dad will buy me something or, or, or take me out to you know. And yeah. if I'm honest, like. Like, it kind of hurts my feelings or whatever. It's just like, well, fuck, I don't want to take you out. You don't care about spending time with me. You just want a treat. Let's go for a walk. Well, I, again, one of my kids, I won't say which one. Nothing. All of the guys here probably know the kid, but, but I have, like, one kid who legitimately, like, wants to hang out with me. Uh-huh. It wants to spend time with me. <clears throat> And, but the others are like, yeah, dad will buy me shit or like, or like, you know, buy me a treat. It's like, what? Like, I don't want to hang out with you. It's like, right. you know, it's like the girl that you take out to dinner. She yeah, has, that, she yeah, orders lobster or that sugar daddy culture. Yeah. Like, I don't do well with that at, at all. Yeah, like, yeah. like I, so, so I, I think maybe I shy away from taking them places or doing things because it, it that bothers me. Do they're you, kids. It's normal to be kids. I mean, I, un- I understand that as an adult. Like, they're just kids. It's okay. That's normal. Do you give them an allowance? Uh, no. But th- we give them money whenever they want it. Like, I don't... Does it say, to just tell them to bring their, their piggy bank with them when you go out? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you, you, want a, you, want a, you want a cheeseburger? That's ten ninety nine. And a beer. <laughs> and by the way, it's eighty dollars to fill up the cupboard. Does that make sense though? Is that does you guys feel that? I've too? always tracked with you on that, especially with your thing on Santa Claus. I always have to oh, yeah. Like, like so, this is not from Santa. Yeah, like, so I, get the gratitude. I get the gratitude. I get the gratitude for this gift. I bought I, it. I spent the money on this. I get the gratitude. 
Say I didn't do shit. It might sound a little self-absorbed, but I'm just you know it's it's, it's a sensitive it's a sensitive thing for me though honestly because I am a highly relational person. Mm-hmm. I love people, friends, relationships, family, and. But I, I hate obligation. I just, I hate it. Feeling yeah. used is never... I hate really feeling good. used, yeah. So, I mean... But they're kids. You gotta... It comes to where you have responsibilities as a parent, and then... So you have to kind of, like, fast forward into the future. You know, one of the things that I've kind of accepted in my life is that my relationships with people aren't permanent anymore. Like, mm. I used to kind of live in a, in a in an idealistic world where... If you if you maintain relationships properly, they just kind of last forever. Sure. And instead, it's like no, people can move in and out of your life. And okay. the reality is, that can be with your family too. Yeah. And that can be with your own kids, and you're going to have better relationships with some of them than as a, when they're adults than yeah. when they were kids. And some of them you're not going to have relationships with other adults. And I mean, you know, in the last couple of years, I've unfortunately had to just stop having a relationship with my parents. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as painful as that was to kind of go through the reality is we just don't have reason to have a relationship anymore like just because we're biologically related isn't enough mm-hmm. in and of itself I have to think about that because I found myself saying over the years that, that old adage blood is thicker than water you know it's like my sister I love her she's great I don't know if her and I would have like picked each other as siblings, but she's my sister. Like you know, we don't have a lot in common, but I love her. She's my sister. Okay. And I know no matter. So you know where I'm going to go with this. I, I'm not sure. I I, I guess for, for so me, if your sibling turned out to be a pedophile, are you going to continue to have a relationship with them? There are certain things that are deal breakers. Yes, that there are certain things that are deal breakers. <laughs> but okay, I see where you're going. Blood is not thicker than water in that in that realm, but. But otherwise, it's thicker, just not thick enough. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, it's not that it's thicker; it's just more viscous. Yeah. Uh, it needs viscous. to be drained and left to be clotted. less viscous. Yes, less viscous. Well, it's less hard, even if they are like like if they have some horrible thing like that in their life. It's still more difficult to divorce them than just writing off or ghosting a friend or something. I think it's more difficult to get over. Yeah. But I think too. if you have healthy boundaries, there are people that aren't good for you, and sometimes you're related to them. It's okay to call into I mean, there's all kinds of people who who go through horrible childhoods that have to divorce themselves Agreed. from their own parents, right? 100%. Like, and yeah, that's heartbreaking. But the reality is it's just not always healthy. Right. But if relationships are, if like you're reasonably functioning without some dark skeletons, it's like, I, I'm going to have Thanksgiving with my sister in 10 years, if we're both still alive, and if, you know, one of us isn't in jail or a pedophile or something horrible, <laughs> you know, like, 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 that's a thing. I don't right. even have to think about that. So, so that's what I mean, like, yeah. in terms of those familial sorts of things, but. I mean, I think when that's... I think about parenthood, I think about kind of what what I want it to be long-term, you know, the kind of relationship I want to have with my kids as I help them become adults. Right. Because my whole goal has always been I I have a loose vision of what I want my kids to be when they're 18, 19, 20, and leaving the house. You know, I want them to be moderately self-sufficient and have life skills where they can take care of themselves, they can manage money to a at least moderate degree, they, you know, are educated. Mm -hmm. They know how to bathe and wash themselves (laughs) and, you know, have hygiene. Like, just kind of, that's what I mean by broad in general. Like, I want you to be a functioning human being. Yeah. 
And I want to find out what you're good at and what your passions are and help you explore those as you're growing up. But I, 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 don't, I don't need you to become this specific thing, and I'm not going to like keep you on rails trying to like make you become something I want you to be. I want right. to find out who you are and help you get there. Right. And part of that is evaluating at any given time while they're growing up. Right. This... What, what the behavior that's happening right now or the choice, the kind of choice that's being made doesn't fit with that vision I have. Is this the appropriate time to address that? Are they old enough to start learning in that specific way? Mm-hmm. And if they're old enough, then I address it. And if they're not there yet, then I make a mental note and I save it till later. Later. But, but it all has to do with kind of, I have that goal and at the appropriate times I want to address those things. I don't know what those are all going to be. I don't know how many of them they're going to learn outside the home or from me or from somebody else, but... That's kind of how I view parenting in general is you, you have that long-distance goal and you do what you can today to get them there. Yeah, I have an interesting perspective on that that I've been doing a lot of thinking with, with my mother because there's, there's some things where my mom was definitely too heavy-handed. Like, like I can clearly say, like in retrospect, that was heavy-handed. And then there was a couple of things that felt heavy-handed at the time, but in retrospect, 10, 15 years later... Um, like turn like oh wow I'm really glad you did that. I've had some of those. Uh, yeah. Like like specifically my relationships, like the girlfriends and stuff that I had. And she was always very civil and nice to my girlfriends, but she would be like like yeah like I just don't really see it. Like like she's okay, she's nice, like but like yeah, um, yeah. But did she yeah. force you in some way to end it, or just was honest no, about but just it being was, shit? Uh, and and there was times where she got she crossed the line a bit, um, uh, more in relation to like sexual stuff than than like the relationship with the girl. Um, and then and then she met Misha and like instantly the family was like, oh, like mm. yes, like definitely, like yeah, head and shoulders above anybody else you've ever brought home. Uh, and in retrospect, like yeah, like clearly she was right, like like. Knowing some, you know, some of the women that I was dating and realizing, like, holy shit, like, their lives did not go in a great direction after we broke up, and, and they're kind of a mess, and Misha's great for me. And the same with my job. Do you know what I call my, my daughter's first boyfriend? Hmm. He's a good starter boyfriend. No, practice. Starter. Practice. <laughs> you know, yeah. Practice boyfriend. She was not amused at the time. <laughs> He's like the $60 guitar. It's a year later, and she's like, yeah, yeah, he was a good starter boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was so funny at the time. My mom did the same thing with my job. Like, um, she had uh, some science teacher. I still tell this when I, tell, when I teach high school classes, because everybody asks inevitably, like, why did you become an engineer? Um, so my science teacher, who I didn't really like very much and didn't connect with, told her that she he thought that I would be a good civil engineer, and she kind of like it. It made sense in her head based on the things that I was interested in as a kid, and she always kind of stuck with that. So there was a couple of times where I had opportunities to pursue other things, um, and I was kind of tossing it back and forth, and she kept coming back to like, man, I think you'd be a really good civil engineer, not heavy-handed. Is this the is this the episode where Derek realizes he was subtly programmed by his mother? <laughs> well, that's, that realization has been coming for a while. Uh, or or was, was it subtly programmed or just well-parented? Well, was, yeah. There's a, it's a... Fine line? Yeah, it's a... Yeah, 50-50 split. Um, she raised you up in the way you were supposed to go. Right. 
So, and I would appreciate that too. And uh, yeah, there's a bunch of shit. It's like, man, I really, yeah, I don't know that that was the right call. No. Uh, but, but it is nice to be able to give her her props. Absolutely. And be like, hey, like, and these are those aren't two minor things. Those are two really significant things in my life that have really affected and are going to affect how my life turned out. And for both of them, I'm pretty grateful for her. For her. and she handled it for the most part well. And that not, you know, you really need to do this and, you know, I've been planning this and this is the way things should go. But more like, eh, like I just don't, <laughs> I, you know, I don't really see that for you. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, there's plenty of instances where I told her to screw off. Yeah, uh, that happens too. And, uh, yeah. and like I said, sometimes she was wrong, but, but for those two things, one, I feel like she was. One big coming of age moment for me, being a young teenager and realizing that my mother didn't have a fucking clue. It was like, oh my God, she's winging it, isn't she? <laughs> you know? And last week, John goes, oh my fucking God, I'm winging it, aren't I? Oh, no, all day long. All day long. But, but that's the thing, that's part of growing up where you realize everyone's winging it. Right. Yeah. You know? And, and if you put that even in a church construct, you think that some people up there have it together. No, they're winging it, too. Right. Everyone's winging it. No one really knows. But but as a kid, and though... the people you need to be afraid of are the people that are really sure that they're, they're not yeah, winging they're, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are scary. Do you let your kids know you're winging it? Well, yes. And, and I also tell them that they can ask me anything they want, and I'll be honest. And yeah. we try to have, like, honest relationships and, and questions. And, you know, I don't... I don't present myself to be better than I am, you know. Yeah, so I love those just, like, really honest, poignant questions. And I think they feel safe to do that. You know, they can ask us questions about anything, and they have, you know. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever, you know. Just, like, ask questions. It's okay. We'll be honest with you. You might not always like what you're going to hear, but I'll be honest. That's good. I, I love that. That's so much better than... Well, this is the ideal, and this is what you have to hold up to. It's like, well, this is the ideal, but this well, is what I did. Says. Yeah, oh, it's not so dude. much of that. I mean, you know, I, I don't. I, scripture says you were born four thousand years ago, you'd be dead. Well, yeah, as a rebellious son. <laughs> you should be, you should be stoned. Yeah, we would have been. We all would have been stoned. I don't think and the not Bible, the fun way. I, I don't think the Bible gives as much kind of direction on nuclear family living as much as people would like to frame it. To you know that that it does that. I, I don't know if it does as much as people think that it does. But but yeah, just honesty and open doors and conversations. Um, that's good stuff right there. But. Definitely, yeah, not having that mystique of we have something figured out. We have some things figured out. I mean, we're older, we're further along, um, but we don't have everything figured out. I love out. the analogy. I think I posted this on Facebook a couple of times of uh, parenting is like being with someone who's had way too many shrooms when you yourself have had a little bit of shrooms. <laughs> like, you're not really sure what's going on, but you're pretty sure you shouldn't be eating a pillow. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think the flip side of all of the the work and and the unenjoyment that raising kids has is that there there is a lot of gratification in introducing that into your life. Um, my wife and I waited quite a while to have kids. Uh, we've been married seven and a half years before we had a child, and so 
the I remember distinctly the Christmas before my wife got pregnant and how just like boring Christmas morning was with a bunch of adults in their late twenties. And you know, like my wife's parents were there and like family was around and we're like yeah, and the dog is tearing up wrapping paper, and that's the most exciting thing that's happening this morning. Like, I'm going to take a nap. We really got to get some kids <laughs> up in this place, because... Yes, it's true. I just want to enjoy you guys. Yeah, so like, we're not kids. This is so have kids goal. for entertainment purposes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the empty nest thing does some of that. But it was cool, too, because we don't have to get up at the crack of fucking ass crack of dawn on Christmas morning. Or Easter. Remember that, when, when the kids were little. I think my my dad says one of the better things about kids is you get to a point in your life in adulthood where life starts to get pretty boring and you've kind of seen most things yeah. and a lot of the excitement and things just kind of isn't there anymore and kids allow you to kind of live vicariously some of that excitement again yeah that wonder like, like they're finding that so exciting and interesting it's pretty infectious yeah, yeah. it should be super fucking boring to you there's a lot of oxytocin fire right. off when when your when your kids are super into you know yeah. a gift you give them or an event you're taking them to or whatever it is it's yeah seeing a there's butter, a lot of butterfly for the first there's a lot of chemical uh, response to that that right. you get to enjoy and it should yeah. be the most cliche thing you've ever done but it doesn't it feels great mm-hmm Okay, so so to that point, I had an experience recently. I, I, I took my eight-year-old son to a Sounders game. He plays soccer. He likes soccer. First time at the big stadium. Okay, Seattle. We did the whole nine yards. It was great. And the whole time, dude, the kid, he just wants to fucking eat, eat cotton candy and eat hot dogs. Like, he didn't even care about the game. He just wants to eat junk food. Like, we came for the game! <laughs> like, you know, th- that's a part of it, too. I mean, you gotta have to kind of shift gears and just roll with it a, a little bit. Like, he's a kid. That's okay. That's the lens in which he sees it. But there's a part of me that's like, cotton candy? What? The game is long and slow. 90 minutes. 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. How many times were they scoring? That's true. Uh, yeah, the game was 0-0. Zero to zero. <laughs> Yeah. So, but it's, it's, fair enough. Not, it's not 90 minutes either. It, well, it's a half time or whatever. Well, I'm not talking about that. I've seen many of soccer games where the clock is 110. It's true. Yeah, they, have, uh, they go up to two hours. But yeah. They're the stupidest, they the stupidest fucking day. sport on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it, Chuck. What can that, I that's do? Yeah, that's you know, he also likes cotton candy while watching it. Yeah, there you go. No, and I was going to bring Before you the same turn thing. it off, I like soccer, so we're not all hating on soccer. We're not hating on yeah. soccer. My son really loves soccer, too, and, and he uh, played it and... He was really into it, and that was the thing about me as a dad. Like he was, he was gifted as a baseball player, but he didn't like baseball much. Yeah, and he was an okay soccer player, <laughs> but we let him play soccer. But man, he yeah, he pitched it, and everybody was like all goo goo over him with little league because we had him in little league and shit like that. And he pitched a no, he pitched a no hitter at like about nine years old or something like that. Six innings, you know, it's not a full eight inning or nine inning game, but but no one's ever done that before, I guess, <laughs> in Everett. So so yeah, it was like a big deal, and they're like, oh yeah, he's got to, he'll be select, and sure enough, he went into the select whatever it was, and and he did really well there too. But he's like, damn, I just don't like baseball that much. <laughs> well, like, so he's really good like really heartbreaking. Like. Yeah, exactly. Like, how, what do you do with that situation? Like, I was weird. But going back to some of my. And this, some of this, this theology stuff, you know. So I went from, 
I went from addict, fucking rock and roll drug dealer person to Mr. Right-wing evangelical Christian, which was really who I was when my kids were little. And I really, because some of you guys talk about that, like swinging the pendulum all the way over to extreme, you know, do this, do that. There's a right way to do this, and I'm going to bear down, and I'm going to try my best to do the, the right thing. And if I'm honest, you know, as much as I could reflect that to my Christian friends, I put that in quotes at the time, I wasn't doing it, you know. I was doing the best I could, but I was a distant dad, I think. I could be present as long as it was there and they were doing something good. You know, I kind of screwed up my kids with that. And I and I could admit that. Especially with the religious stuff and their relationship with God or whatever, you know, the divine, um, deeper things. I really hope they pursue that because I think I really fucked that up for them, you know. I want them to have a deeper sense of that there is more to the world than just surface shit. And I think my daughter sees that. She's older, but yeah, man. When when my kids were, uh, I can't remember. It's about twelve. My daughter, my daughter got into Harry Potter, you know. And I wasn't Mister. You can't, yeah. But I started. <laughs> Russ. No, see, that was where I was at the time. I was always someone who saw story. And uh, that's where I track with Peter Rollins a lot. Is is I, I was always someone who saw story as something that touched a different level of of teaching, right? Like you don't you don't take a song like a really good song. Um, I think of Social Distortions uh, down here with the rest of us. I think that's mm. a gospel tune. I love that tune. But you don't take that tune and you go, well, let's 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 draw three distinct points that we can let's, find let's from that piece of art. Exactly. Like fuck that. <laughs> and I always saw that is, and I saw Star Wars and a lot of other films and books like that. And so when when Christians started shitting on Harry Potter, that was that was, was when the, it started breaking. <laughs> yeah, it started breaking in me. Like, wait, oh, this is this is kind of bullshit, isn't it? You know. And uh, it wasn't too long before the fact that I was a sex addict in the dark, not telling anybody about that, right? Um, that was another one, just trying to. But beware of magic. But beware of magic. I remember there was a woman. There was a woman in the line. I almost feel bad for this now because she was handing out cards for her church at the line, and I just started heckling this woman like a like a bad drunken comedian at a. At a at a fucking comedy show, like she's, I go, oh, we're all going to hell now. We're reading Harry Potter, aren't we? I was just like, she's walking down the line, and oh man, that just triggered the fuck out of me. Like that was that was what the beginning of of my descent into <laughs> just total Arthur's place agnosticism. Well, there are practical <laughs> questions that come See, up there. It just pissed will. me off. Arthur's place. <laughs> Arthur's place. Well, what you were saying earlier about Jesus fucking the church. Like, I was kind of there, right? I don't see that now. I see religion fucking the church. Christ is something else. I see that as a whole different thing. But at the time... You were fucking the church? Someone was was fucking the church. We're going into... So, uh, yeah, going into my difference between God and religion. I hate religion. I do. I don't even care what kind it is. What's your take on fatherhood? 
don't teach your kids religion. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Some of that stuff is good. Like, some of the religion stuff is good. Uh, but it's it's a framework. Yeah. What, what would, if somebody, you know, fuck, man, when, when my daughter saved my life, you want to know something weird? My daughter saved my life. Because I think that, uh, I think that my wife was also saved my life too, but I was so fucked up. It wasn't until I held that little girl in my arms that I thought, no, I got to do this thing. I got to show this person. I'm not going to fuck her up like I got fucked up. You know? I don't know what that is, but something exploded in me. Like love just exploded in me. Like that was something to live for besides myself. Because I didn't give a shit whether I lived or died. And that's fucked up. My wife cared more about my drug addiction and all my shit to help me get clean. But my daughter um, pushed me over the edge into, you know, no, I'm going to be here for this person. And I didn't do a really good job at that. And I just hope I can do a better job. Because I wasn't a great father. But I did the best I could, you know. And I love my kids. And I wouldn't let the shit that happened to me happen to them. And I was probably overprotective and angry inside. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys. No, it's good. I think that... The, the sad truth is, is that that everybody does the best they can. Yeah. The worst yeah. fathers out there aren't purposely being. They, they don't wake up in the morning going, "Well, I'm going to be a shittier dad today than I was the day before." Like that's not a conscious decision. Uh, you know? Neil Brennan has that in his bit, or his father's like a. Angry alcoholic, I did the best I could. Like, really? That's the best you can do. You're an angry drunk? Like, that's the best you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes that's where people are at. That's the... Sometimes it is, yeah. Um, that's your best? Uh, He's so funny, oh my god. Three mics, Neil Brennan, Netflix. Check it out. Uh, Paul Young, who, you know. The shack at the beginning of that movie, like his dad is just, oh man. And his dad wasn't far from that person portrayed in the beginning of that film. And being able to forgive his dad wasn't, and his dad's still alive, unlike the story in the shack. Um, his dad's still with us. But just, I think forgiveness is having that open hand that the person can change and have a deeper relationship with you than than you think, you know. But you always have that hand open that it might change and it might grow and well, that you're not cutting ties. I think that's part of being the best parent you can is yeah. forgiving yourself yeah. for no. not being perfect. No. Because, you know, on any given day, you're just trying to figure out what the best thing you can do for your kids is. and You know, some days that's you go to work and but what you didn't know was the best thing you could have done that day was stay home. Yeah. But you're like, well, i got to pay the bills, so I'm going to go to work. Best you can do. No. Another day, you 
try to intervene and bad decisions of your teenager and it just makes them push you away further. Mm -hmm. It's too hard to tell what the right choice was going to be. You just don't know. Yeah. That's being flexible. Yeah. There's no, Mm -hmm. there's no obviously right answer. Anyway, I've been thinking since we've been, you know, talking and I think where I want, I guess where I want to be as far as a father is just the willingness to be wrong. Or mm-hmm. the openness to just you know try I'm sorry like I'm sorry like I screwed this up or yeah. the willingness to just try even though I'm gonna screw it up or I mean there's so many ways that a can go wrong but I'm gonna just pick this one direction and that has a huge amount of power and maintain yeah. relationships going forward my wife and I have been there for a long time with our kids and it just it makes it so you don't build up those barriers that build wedges with you. yeah. if you're humble enough to just not pretend like you have it figured out because the problem is your kids grow up and they get old enough to sniff that out and then mm-hmm. you know then the castle bullshit you were building falls apart they call you on it and you're too prideful to admit it but if you could be humble enough to be like yeah I screwed up I did the wrong thing yeah sorry you know I yelled at you sorry I treated you that way sorry I made this decision and I think I got open mouth shock from my daughter the first time I did that. And that was part of my recovery too and you know getting with counselors and starting to work out some of the shit and seeing myself just <coughs> overreact to something and then and then getting down to her level and saying, "Hey, daddy, sorry. Like I shouldn't have yelled yeah. at you like that." And it was almost like she went <gasps> like really because she wasn't used to that. Yeah, I apologize until that point. Something that goes yeah, wrong. Powerful. I think it's powerful. super damaging that you're touching on Chuck in in homes and in churches is the gaslighting that goes. Yes, on. Yeah. the the kid or the person in the church goes, "This kind of looks like a mess." No, oh, and the leadership goes, "No, nah, it's just you." Yeah, like no, it's just your perception of things. It's not a mess. Everything's fine. What yeah. are you talking about? Like, no, that's kind of this, and it, it would be totally fine if they just said, it "Yeah, is. it's a mess." <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, I don't know what to do. Yeah, we've been. It's trying. just kind of a mess. You're be right. honest, yeah, yeah, and that's all you yeah. have to do, and the relationship would be so much better. Amen. But because yeah. you're like, because there's that obligation, and no, 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 this is perfect. It's just you. That's where the damage gets in, and that shit just rots and festers. And then well, at least uh, you're not pretending it's something. Right. Yeah. That's where the that's where the root of the damage takes hold. Exactly. That's, where they won't. that's fatherhood. Right. This is a mess. That's fatherhood. This is a mess. You're right, honey. It's yeah. This yeah. is a mess. Yeah. John, a couple of years ago, summed up parenting uh, in a way I always really appreciated. He says, "Yeah, you, John." Uh, he said, uh, "It's just so hard not to project." I think that's like the foundation of all parenting. Like basically every way that you fuck up your kids, it's it's because you're projecting your own shit onto them. Yes, and like and like everything that goes wrong usually comes down to like, oh fuck, like that was me putting stuff on you that wasn't there. Like Uh fuck, I'm sorry. Exactly. Because kids remind you of yourself. Right. It's like, yeah. You know, yeah. That they're not you. You have to remind yourself that. They are not me. That's right. It's not so me. hard not to project. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much takes care of most of it. Don't project. That's right. <laughs> Pretty much takes care of this show. I think it's a good place to land the plane. Don't project. Don't project. <laughs> Later. We're going to play a wonderful game called Who is my daddy and what does he do? That's a huge bit. Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe.
like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound? Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't check it out! What's the matter? I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. What I meant was, you tell me, who is your daddy and what does he do?